Hello, world. This episode of the Adawis Podcast is brought to you by TLC Ed. Dot coach That's Transformative Learning Community Education, a tutoring service that could help you. I can only imagine how difficult it is to teach your kid at home. You're reaching for ideas, can't get them to focus or be motivated. Let me be of assistance. What TLC Ed does is that it helps create goals for your child, discuss plans on how to achieve them, and what ideas they have for future projects and larger goals. But not only that, we, we have uh, a, an opportunity to engage in dialogue about what they're reading, uh, creating, or learning in school, and trying to implement skills that, um, you know, hone in on organization, healthy routines, and uh, being thoughtful creatively, um, and just really enjoying uh, the content that they're learning from school or otherwise. Uh, there is a 35% discount on all online sessions, so don't hesitate. Schedule, schedule your, uh, your free consultation by visiting tlced.coach for more information. That's tlced.coach, tlced.coach, and schedule your free consultation today. Okay, uh, here we go. Three, two, one. One. During the initial stages of COVID-19's outbreak, uncertainty lingered quite ominously. But as humans find ways to rebuild and adapt with self-reflection as a catalyst, it's time to figure out where to go from here, accepting that things will never be the same. Discovering new ways of learning and teaching will always prevail, not because it will keep our youth engaged and, well, busy throughout the day, but because our propensity to do so is embedded in our ancestral DNA. Share ideas, collaborate, and take risks by thinking outside the box. It's about time we look at these long-standing paradigms, particularly in American schooling, and ask ourselves, what really matters? Sidebar. For this episode, I was a guest on Mark Smith of This's podcast, so be sure to check out Mark's podcast blog called Undisclosed Location. All right. Well, welcome to the Grand Experiment in Education. Um, I am here, and I'm really thankful to be with Monaco Yadao. Hello. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Broadcasting live from your podcast studio at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we are now at what day X Y Z of Munder when any day? Yeah, Munder when Thursday, Friday. Right. Uh, and well, it is technically it's Thursday, April 9th. and as an educator, you are still on the clock. Am I correct? Actually, uh, not really. No, as well as an educator, um, teachers who are in CPS currently, they yeah they have. This, they're on the clock right now, and I think the day for them ends at around 2.30. Um, well, I could be wrong, but you know, as a CPS parent, uh, we are officially on spring break, which means that all the Chicago Public Schools teachers are not you know, on the clock. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, but I, because I was referring, since you are now officially a, a suburban teacher, you might be on a different schedule. 
Um, yeah. So we're kind of see the thing is is that I'm I don't have any office hours. So uh, you know, we we all we all had the resources to kind of have everything in play. So before I'll give you kind of a, a quick picture of what it was before um, spring break, because their spring break was at the end of March. And so, uh, you know, once this all came out, they, I think they began e-learning, you know, maybe uh, like three weeks into March. And so uh, they had a schedule, everything was set, teachers had office hours, um, and then, and then they're probably like in the, the same groove again, but every kid had a Chromebook, you know, every kid was, had access or most kids rather had, had access to, uh, technology, um, and those resources. But I mean, you know, it was, it was interesting seeing a small district being able to, to already implement a plan, uh, right. You know, from, from the announcement that school is going to be out. Okay. So, I mean, we are like three weeks to a month now into this quarantine period. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's it been like being a, a teacher at home? Um, it's, it's interesting because it's like you're, you know, the pace obviously is just, it ends, it stops. And so, you know, um, uh, as a tutor, at least, I can say that it's been nice because I've been able to really think closely about, you know, how I want to run these sessions. Um, and it's also trying to figure out like activities that you, that are similar to what a class would go through, but at the same time, like finding really creative ways to engage them. And it's really difficult to do that because uh, you don't know how their day went. You know, it's not very predictable. Uh, they don't really have the structure of school. And so, uh, to say like how your day was or how, you know, how's it going and ask them about that. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's kind of a weird response. And so you have to really like think of creative ways to get them engaged. And that's mm -hmm. even as a teacher tough to do. And is your school district a one-to-one -one district? In other words, every kid has a laptop or technology. Yes. Yeah. Every kid has a Chromebook. Um, we made sure that kids who didn't have one were given one. So yeah, there's it's one one. And do you know if they all have uh, access to internet? I don't know if all families do. Um, uh, and whatever I think setup was in place uh, right when this outbreak happened, uh, they were probably given, I think, uh, some, I don't know, some type of... Uh, access to um, some technological help. I know that it wasn't very smooth at first, but uh, I do know that a lot of these kids were able to get some type of resource, you know, before before we let them out. Okay. And, and do you have any on the ground information, either from your own personal experience or from your fellow suburban teachers what percent of kids have you been able to keep in touch with? Because I'm hearing, you know, on the CPS and in other urban school districts, you know, there's a significant chunk of kids that the teachers have not heard from at all. And this generally corresponds with the level of, of poverty uh, in that particular community. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's so, it's so weird because it's like, uh, 
you have you have teachers who um you know have to really restructure their their day and even like you know whatever curriculum that they're trying to implement right everyone is and then you have different pockets of school suburban suburban schools um little pockets of, of schools and cps that are doing things very very different from how other schools are working and then you have me who's kind of just like okay i'm starting my own tutoring business and i'm also not in touch with you know the kids in my building that i sub with because i really have no reason to to stay in contact with them and so it's kind of like i'm floating between working with kids who need the extra help and parents who also need the extra help on how to teach at home but also too it's like how do you profit out of of the situation when no one really knows how to do um anything like people are kind of like learning things for the first time so it's like i'm kind of like my own entity in which i'm not really tied to a specific uh school and how they do things so i'm really like not in the know you know i don't know okay. if that, that's a really long explanation no no to, to be no, like I, I really don't know got it yeah. um and have you heard similar from your colleagues in cps um I have heard one instance where, you know, some teachers are uh, are teaching kids maybe like a class of like 35 and, you know, it's really you can't really have a classroom conversation because the mic's supposed to be muted. And so you really are kind of just hearing the teacher, you know, give out information and not that they don't want to interact with these, these students. It's just like, how, well, how do you do that? Like, how can you do that smoothly, you know, with a, with a Zoom conversation of like 35 kids? I can't even right. imagine that. So I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm saying also is that I'm very fortunate to work with kids one on one um, because, you know, that allows a lot of really cool conversations um, that the attention is focused. I don't have to deal with uh, me being obligated to have to teach, you know, a, a classroom of Zoom, Zoom kids. <laughs> right. The Zoom children. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. One of the funny memes going around, I think more at the college level yeah. is kids are joking that they all now attend Zoom University. Yeah, sure. Sure. And, and you know, what's weirdly interesting, too, is you're right. Like it does. It does open up an interesting, not necessarily like way of learning, but like we begin to start to, to question how 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 teaching is shaped you know like i can't i can't i don't have any kids so i can't imagine how difficult it must be for parents to 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 try and structure something for their kids you know um without the the tools that like teachers have you know if you're a if you're a, a parent who's a teacher like you have a toolbox of things that you you know and that's that's very fortunate but like you know, it, it really, like all of this has, I think, put people, um, in a, in a position of being self-reflective on really how they learn and how they're being engaged and, um, how they're, how they're teaching. Yeah. There's a lot of also, you know, memes and parent groups joking about how this, you know, we now have instant homeschooling. 
or accidental homeschooling. Um, But a a couple of thought leaders in education have remarked that, you know, don't call it homeschooling, call it home learning, because the whole model and structural model of school cannot be applied when you're at home. Uh, And I can shoot you an article about that. Um, But to your point about teachers, I have been talking with one of your former colleagues uh, at Lane in the computer science department. And, you know, he shared that as teachers, they're also caregivers. You know, he has two young kids chasing around every day. You may have elderly parents that you're concerned about getting sick, getting supplies. And it's, it's just not the normal environment where you can be expected to follow the same rigorous right. curriculum. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, like it, it calls into question. It's like, does my, does my kid really have to wake up at six 30 in the morning? Like, is that really necessary? Um, like, can they really get, you know, how are they after 11 or 10 hours of sleep that they're supposed to have? Like, how are they during the day? Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's also interesting on the other hand to hear what parents are doing to, uh, you know, really creative activities to get their kids not engaged in a rigorous way, but in a way that they're, you know, they're both experimental, but they're also super engaged, you know, um, and having kind of that is hearing a lot of those activities. I think it help parents and even teachers out too, because we run out of ideas as well. Yeah. Another funny meme which came out right at the start of the quarantine is some parent created this little graphic and it was like, you know, here's quarantine school schedule, you know, 8.30 to 9, get up, 9 to 9.30, eat yeah. breakfast, 9.30 to 10, do math. And then very quickly, it was ridiculed by all these other parents and people create versions of it where it's like, 9.30 to 10, beg your kids for more video games. <laughs> you know, 10.30, parent like freaks out and says, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. but I think it reflects a truth that, you know, you, it's very difficult. We shouldn't expect a rigid, you know, bell schedule like the kid had at school. Mm-hmm. There has to be a lot more flexibility. Sure. And I think, I think we're all trying to figure that as we go along. And when parents like feel like I'm, I feel defeated, I can't do this. They're not sticking to the schedule. They don't care. You know, there, there's a lot of resistance. That's totally normal. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're going to hate your parents for trying to have you do anything, <laughs> um, let alone yeah. follow a schedule. Um, so everyone's trying to figure out, but I think the point is, is that it's, it's it's allowing us to think about what is valuable to us and how are we what ways are we are we trying to reflect on our own routines so that they're healthy that they're, they're enjoyable and that you know they're fun you know yeah. um and that's it i think that's that's all for the best as as treacherous as sometimes it may be to try and educate your own child i think there's really some some cool ideas that ca- could come out of it, you know, and maybe even yeah. a stronger relationship between you and your kid. Yeah. The, the other issue that quickly became apparent is, you know, uh, because the governor in Illinois shut down all the schools and there was this issue of equity and access, mm-hmm. uh, the Illinois State Board of Education basically said, you know, during these few initial weeks, uh, no homework should be graded. Mm-hmm. You know, students cannot be uh, punished because they didn't do the homework. 
what I've seen has happened is, you know, the kids quickly realize, hey, you know, this doesn't count. Sure. Uh, I'm yes. not being graded. And so uh, many of them, my daughter included, or, you know, well, I'll discuss her. <laughs> She's a special case. But I think that's part of the reason why teachers aren't able to reach these kids because they, they realize that. But it also, to me, raises the question of, I've always been a huge, you know, radical believer in let's get rid of grades, homework, testing. And now here we are, we have no grades, no homework, no testing. Yeah. Ask and, and you and shall how, receive, Mark. Yeah, right. But <laughs> as I was uh, telling a, a colleague of mine the other night, you know, yeah. I think a lot of conventional teaching, teachers rely upon either the carrot or the stick. Sure. And now like neither are really at play. And for my other child, who's in a son who's in sixth grade, he knows that the uh, no homework doesn't count. And I've been saying, you know, don't worry about this because the homework doesn't count. But yet they keep getting these emails from teacher with assignments every day. And some of them have this sort of threat of, well, I know it doesn't count now, but it will count when we come back. So you better be doing it. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like the hey, I'm checking in every day to see if you log into Google Classroom and yeah. what, what is, you know, so it, it, it's, a, it's a very mixed message that everybody's getting. And it, 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 that's got to be tough for teachers too who, who really did the stick method, you know? And uh, I mean, it, the longstanding paradigm of how, how grades are a big part of, you know, learning, so to speak, like what, how do we, how, how do we look at things differently if my approach has always been if you don't do this you won't you won't succeed it's like now i don't have that that anymore so it's like it is again putting us on our knees to to really think about my god like how what really is learning about and and looking at grades and it's like how do i deal with this you know is there really much value in in giving a kid an a or a b what's the takeaway and so it's, it certainly is putting us in a, in a self-reflective position of, of looking at maybe even assessments too, you know, and how mm -hmm. we assess kids and what does that even mean anymore, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's, so as a parent, you know, of course, I'm like trying to push the message like, hey, you know, don't worry about your homework. Mm -hmm. Why don't you take, this is the time to, to focus on your artwork or, hey, PBS has this cool science show. Maybe you can watch that instead. But I'm even getting resistance to, to that, and it's it's very challenging. Yeah. Um, a, a good friend of mine and a blogger just posted a, a really insightful piece called "Take Care." That is the curriculum, mm -hmm. and she she basically talks about how you know this is a a chance. You know, kids are under a lot of stress. You know, it's a lot of social emotional stuff that we are dealing with right now. Yeah. We should be focusing on those types of things rather than trying to impose any curriculum. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. And I, I can understand that. Um, I think when, when people hear the word curriculum, sometimes they, they cringe because it's like, Oh God, it's like, there's, there's what units and there's like tests and multiple choice tests after those units. And it's like, I got to study and use flashcards. And I think when, when you hear that, that word, it is kind of jarring, but curriculum could be anything that you that you you pose as a way of guided learning. You know, like 
But I also think for kids, it it's hard to buy in from them because, you know, first of all, it, it, they, they think that not having school, not physically going into a building and learning is, is like liberating to them. And they think that, that learning only happens when eight o'clock, you know, the eight o'clock bell rings and then you're in a, in a classroom seated. Like that's not necessarily, uh, learning all the time. And I think, having them understand that learning could be in any form and try to appreciate it uh, kind of in their own way too, um, I think that could help at least, um, which is great because you mentioned certain things that, you know, that you think are valuable. I think what's really difficult is trying to, to tell a kid why those things are valuable and what it has to do with them. I mean, that's, that's always the challenge when it comes to teaching whether you're, you're right. a parent teaching your kid or a teacher teaching a, a student. Yeah. But like I said, you know, there's mixed messages so that you as a parent are saying something, but then they're getting a different message from their teachers. Sure. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, that's how things have been for four years. Um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, That that's, that's a challenge. And I hope, I mean, there's no solution really, but um, I hope from this conflict or conflicting ideas or conflicting messages, you know, you, we're instilling some type of, of value uh, in, in the way that they see the world, you know, and the way that they see themselves. Um, but like, again, it's I'm not a parent, so I can't imagine how difficult it might be. But um, I think it's important to kind of take the time. And to to see, you know, and maybe even talk to people who are having trouble like this, too, who are struggling and, um, you know, talk to teachers, have have a dialogue between teachers being like, what messages do you think are valuable that you're giving to my to to my kid and have that dialogue be a little bit more open? I mean, why not? You know, we have the technology, the time, OK, to to begin to talk to to teachers and parents in a way that could be more collaborative than, than ever before. Why yeah. not? Right. Um, and, you know, I, I want to jump to sort of uh, the, a 20,000 foot issue, which I think people are starting to talk about it, here in the country with many school districts, effectively the, the school year is over. Yeah. You know, what do you do with that? Do you advance everybody to the next grade next year? Do you implement, you know, mandatory summer school? Right. Uh, you know, I'm seeing here with the, with the AP, my daughter's in a couple AP classes and the college board is now saying, oh, well, you can take the AP at home and it's going to be an abbreviated version based on just what you covered to date. Yeah. You know, and is that going to be valid then for college credit? Sure. You know, what, what is this going to look like when ball rolls around? Right. But see that, and that's that's a testament to to what our current system is. It's very linear, right? It's very much how do we get from point A to point B? Oh no! Oh wait! All of a sudden, there's a barrier, and we can't get from point A to point B smoothly, or there's no clear pathway. Yeah, there isn't, <laughs> and so right. so now it's allowing us to be like, okay, what what are the extant structures in place, um, and and what's how can we really change the way that we are are seeing success, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's that's important. 
uh, it's like you know the you say we say that the virus is here because it's it's giving us an opportunity to look at our health in a certain way. It's it's giving us an opportunity to um, reflect on our relationships with other people. This is also an opportunity to reflect on how the education system is, and and what we are doing to not necessarily, um, you know, get these kids to constantly learn around the clock, you know, when they're on their own, but like just. I don't know how how we are able to communicate the needs of kids and progress them in a way that they have first of all the resources all right and second of all the the guidance and a community where people can really share ideas, share frustrations and be honest and open about about uh what's valuable and what isn't yeah. Well, like I said, that's my fear as CPS rolls back into you know this remote learning environment starting next week. Like I said, I've already seen uh, what my daughter's high school is going to roll out. And basically it's like, so they have, you know, eight bell periods. And so each day, so like Monday will be periods one through four, which meet for half an hour online. And then the rest of the day is sort of open up to the kids. And then Tuesday will be periods four through eight. And uh, then, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, that will repeat. And then Friday is an open learning day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, that's still too regimented. Like, sure. you know, my daughter, I said, I, I showed it to my daughter. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, it seems kind of reasonable, maybe. He's like, I don't like it. <laughs> like, well, why? Because I don't want to be told where to, where and when to be. Sure. You know, yeah. do the work. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. The, the other thing which concerns me is that that's still the mindset of, okay, you have subject period one and then subject period two. And I, I saw an assistant principal in another school district post a tweet about basically saying, like, okay, how many of you have ever taken an online course? Okay, like how many of you have taken eight online courses at the same time? And like, okay, how many of you have taken eight online courses and have to take care of parents and friends and family in quarantine? Yeah. <laughs> you know, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And my fear is that's what we're going to get. Um, I really wish this was an opportunity maybe for teachers to collaborate so that you don't get eight homework assignments. Maybe you get one assignment for the entire week that is cross collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see how, how this kind of plays out in the next, you know, several weeks for, for these students. Um, and I, I also think that, that, you know, you, you kind of stay with what you're comfortable with. Um, you kind of experiment with what you, know is kind of a routine so i think this is a first step um you know it's 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 ironic because well maybe not ironic but it's it's strange that teaching and learning is a very visceral thing like kids can really be motivated motivated just by sitting next to you know their uh or, or working with a group of kids it's a very visceral experience and to have e-learning be the sole um, I guess 
way that they are in a classroom at this point, um, it would be interesting just to see how it works. And it could be very stale or, I don't know, maybe teachers have, have some really great ideas um, that they're doing. And I know, I know that there are. Uh, I, I've heard some teachers do some really awesome things with their, their students. Um, but I would also like to see how students are responding to that. Uh, but you're right. Collaboration, asking for help, you know, um, I think that's that's really the only way that we're going to get through this successfully is is having an open dialogue of 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 what works and what doesn't work. It's all experimental. And in, and in a very optimistic way, I think it's a very exciting thing, just like uh, you said earlier. Yeah. Um, I'd like to close our discussion, and I know we could we could go for another half hour, hour easily. I'm hoping that you know we can do a follow up once school returns and kind of see how things are going. Uh, but I just wanted to close and ask, like, on a personal note, like, how are you doing being cooped up? Like, what are you doing? Are you getting out of the house? Are you? How are you socially distancing? Or how are you staying sane? Yeah. Um... Great question. I, uh, I'm reading a lot more. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm working out a lot more. Um, I'm breathing a lot more, <laughs> you know, and a, a large part of that has to do with just the fact that I'm still able to, um, I'm still able to read. I'm still able to use all four of my limbs uh, and move. Um, I'm playing a hell of a lot of video games, um, <laughs> and getting good at it. So keeping my mind busy, but also too just like taking care of the home and uh, you know taking care of uh, keeping in touch with with friends and family. Like these are the things that we, I'm sure, all took for granted at one point or another. Um, and I also think that it's it really has. Um, I hope at least for most people, given them an opportunity to, to take a break, to relax, um, to, to drink more and love more and just, you know, uh, better themselves. Um, so, right. you know, I just, I wish the best for everyone and that everyone is healthy and, uh, you know, know that, uh, there's always some positive that you can squeeze out of the day in the midst of all this craziness. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. And like I was saying, uh, it's it's been really weird because it, being quarantined, I've never felt more creatively on fire yeah. than these past few weeks. Like I've created a lot of uh, podcasts. I've written on my blog. I've been on a million Zoom calls. I've been on multiple Zoom calls. And like in normal life, I, I never have a chance to really go out to see live music. But now every night there is a live concert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, good for you, man. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're, you're, you're being inspired by, um, just by like getting and picking people's brains about cool things and, um, you know, good for you. Good for you. Always, always trying to, I know that you're always trying to come up with some really great creative ideas and opportunities to, to get people together to, to, to really start, you know, thinking of how to, uh, how to make learning better. That's awesome. So good for you, man. Yeah. Well, Monaco, thank you very much for being my guest today. And like I said, I'm sure we'll talk uh, in the next week or so. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Mark.